Welcome to Fire of Genius, a podcast dedicated to all things intellectual property presented by the Indiana University Maurer School of Law's IP Theory Journal. My name is Maggie Melkai, and I am a 2L at Maurer. Hi, my name is Nicole Shelta, and I am also a 2L at Maurer. My name is Stephanie Kaplan, and I am a 2L at Maurer. On today's episode, we will be discussing copyright and social media and their policies. We're going to talk about how communication today has shifted from uh, person-to-person communication to screen-to-screen communication. So with social media, this is where people today uh, most stay connected and share personal information about their lives. Personally, I use about all social media apps there are. I use Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, even Be Real, which is a new upcoming app. What do, what do you guys use? I'm big on uh, Instagram and Be Real. I used to be addicted to TikTok, but don't have time for it anymore in law school. So mostly Instagram. <laughs> um, I really only use Snapchat and Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I have never posted or I don't have like one of those official accounts. I don't know. I just love scrolling through. Uh, Well, social media practices have created a lucrative marketplace for social media influencers, which we'll be referring to as influencers uh, throughout the rest of the podcast, in which popular posts online are exchanged for monetary value in the uh, physical world. Undoubtedly, influencers can have a profound impact when using their news feeds, otherwise known as feeds, for advertisement or promotional purposes. The top five social media platforms worldwide worldwide right now are Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Twitter, in that order. Behavior on social media is largely comprised of incessant posting, unfiltered sharing, and pervasive data collection. As a result, social media has become increasingly difficult to regulate, police, and authenticate. From an intellectual property standpoint, the problem is that the law has not fully adapted to the advances in social media and technology. Courts have confronted neither the legal issues regarding social media's terms and conditions, nor the copyright expectations of social media influencers. Consequently, the rules concerning the use of intellectual property remain unclear in how they pertain to social media and content sharing. So the reason why the use of intellectual property still remains unclear um, when pertaining to social media is because the Digital Millennium Copyright Act was created over 20 years ago. So it was created in 1998 and Congress enacted this act and section 512 in the Copyright Act to improve upon the existing federal copyright protections in response to the growth of the internet and the new threat it poses to copyright holders. And so while starting off some social media during this time, in 1997 was the first social media networking site, and it was called Six Degrees. So none of us knew what Six Degree was. I personally thought that social media started with MySpace. And so when looking and doing a little deep dive into what Six Degree really was, we found that it was where users could send messages and post bulletin board items to others in either first, second, or third degree connections as well. And so the site did grow to be about 3.5 million users before it was bought out and then eventually shut down in 2000. And so when we think about social media platforms such as Six Degree, it sounds very different from the other social medias that we use today, such as Instagram and Facebook. And so part of the reason everything remains unclear is because nothing is really the same anymore these days. And so legislative kind of needs to catch up with possibly the present times. Speaking of more modern social media, so we kind of want to just explore what policies are currently in place regarding copyright restrictions and limitations on social media. 
So there's a lot out there, obviously, like between Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And so we're not going to read you all of the policies. So we highly encourage you to go out and read them if you're interested about what rights of yours are limited. So for Instagram, its terms of services says that when you share, post, or upload content that is covered by IP rights, like photos or videos, or in connection with our service, you hereby grant to us, Instagram, a non-exclusive, royalty-free, transferable, sub-licensable, worldwide license to host, use, distribute, modify, run, copy, publicly perform, or display, translate, and create derivative works of your content. That is a mouthful. It is a mouthful. So you're basically, you retain your exclusive rights, but you're also granting Instagram these non-exclusive licenses. So under this clause, Instagram cannot sell or transfer full ownership of a user's content, but it can transfer or sublicense its license to another company or person. This means that Instagram can license a user's photograph or video to any third party for free without seeking permission, giving any notice or offering any payment to the user, or license the user's content to a third party for a fee, which Instagram would then keep. Unauthorized sharing is problematic because social media content is generally understood as quote-unquote free for the taking. There is a special concern for cases in which an Instagrammer's copyrighted work is infringed and Instagram fails to remove the infringed work despite notice from an influencer. As a matter of public policy, Instagram should ensure that its guidelines are accessible and easy to understand as many children and teens use this popular app. The current reality reflects how Instagram does not provide adequate information sufficient safeguards, or enforceable remedies against infringers. And this is probably easy to say for most social media platforms. It is also important to understand that you cannot post a copyrighted work to a social media site without permission. Courts have held that the mere act of posting a photograph online, for example, is not transformative. Users should only post creative works that are in the public domain, works that qualify for fair use, and works for which they have received permission to post or their own work. So speaking about cases, we want to refer to two more recent cases that have to deal with influencers and filing for copy infringement of photos that they post or that another party posted. So the first one was a Los Angeles-based influencer, Nita Mann, filed a complaint against a popular media and lifestyle company called Pop Sugar. Mann filed the proposed class action in June of 2018, alleging that Pop Sugar's unauthorized posting of man's content violated man's right under the DMCA and unlawfully appropriated her images without permission. She also alleged that by misappropriating the infringed images, Pop Sugar also impeded the growth of other class members' social media presence on unauthorized platforms. And another case that is also recent is O'Neill versus Radikowski, where Radikowski posted a picture of herself that was a copyrighted photo of O'Neill's. And the court goes through the analysis of the fair use doctrine and ultimately concludes that the plaintiff's motion for summary judgment on Radikowski's infringement is granted. We have been seeing a lot of these cases come up recently with celebrities such as Miley Cyrus, Dua Lipa, Haley Bieber. And so it is really interesting to see how many copy infringement cases such as these are going to come up the more and more social media is used by celebrities and just people as a whole. So obviously copyright on social media can affect all of us. Um, it's not just something that's limited to celebrities. And so I think we should really talk about different solutions for 
how we should approach um, Instagram and other platforms and their copyright policies. So to start, one of the first ideas that we have come up with is should Instagram revise its terms? In light of recent litigation, social media platforms, we think maybe should revise their terms of use and provide more concrete examples of what constitutes shareable content so that people aren't infringing other people's copyright. So Maggie, Steph, do you guys think this isn't really attainable? Do we think social media giants are going to reform their terms? Um, I don't know about attainable. I really don't think social media giants are going to reform their terms. It's kind of one of those things where you think about how many users are on these apps. Like, you know, there's millions and billions of people worldwide on these apps. And I think ultimately people are going to go on them, like, on them no matter what. They're going to go on these platforms no matter what their terms are. They could probably say outlandish things in these terms if they wanted to because overall most people don't read them. I think I read couple research papers where it was up into 80, 90% of these users don't read the terms. So I really don't think they're going to reform them unless a person or a being in higher power, higher standing had a really strong opinion about it. I unfortunately, I don't really think it's attainable. What about you, Steph? I agree with that because I think that possibly the amount of users that Instagram or other platforms right now have, and then compared to how many copyright infringement cases there are, either these social media giants are looking at it as it doesn't have that much of an impact and it's not too big of a percentage to really fix it. Do I think they should fix the terms of use? Yes, because I think even looking at and reading what, Nicole, you were saying earlier with the policies, it is very difficult to understand. And I think that's part of the reason why so many people don't read it is because they can't understand it even if they try to. But I think they need to do something because a lot of these users are children and are people around our age in their early 20s using it. And there's a lot of repercussions that could take place if you know people continue to use social media as they are right now. Definitely. Definitely. I think social media giants and these platforms, they're doing what's in the best interest for them um, and not really considering that the millions of users they have might not really be fully aware of what rights they do and don't have. And so I think it's probably easier for them to just keep these like long standard terms of service without ever really having to change them. I think also an issue could be as even if they did decide that they need to change them, I'm sure part of them is wondering how many people would then read the change terms of use and how many people would read it? Is that worth them going through all the efforts to actually try to make it more comprehensible for the public? Well, I know some platforms technically should notify their users when there is a change in their terms. So that could, I think if they implemented that more strongly, that could really help with more users reading the terms and things like that. So I know technically they're supposed to notify their users when there's a change. I know personally for me, there's been times I open my apps and before I can even scroll or take a click further, there's like, hey, there's been an update. Like, make sure you check again that you agree. Interesting. So I do think that they might put in some effort and that's why even more reason why I don't think they would really change their terms. Interesting. I didn't know that. I guess I've never realized. (laughs) 
do we think there's a way to make sure users are better informed? I know Maggie just said, like, they have to notify you, but if they change their terms of service, but users are likely unaware of the amount of intellectual property related rights that they encounter on a daily basis. And so do you guys think that we can keep users better informed and that even if we do keep them better informed, do you think they'll really care that some of their IP related rights are affected? See, that's where I'm torn because I do think that the terms of service, if they really wanted to, could be simplified. I think they could be easier to understand uh, for a lay person because, I mean, technically, you know, we're still law students. Like, even when we will eventually practice law, it's still hard for me to even read the terms of services and the contracts and things with social media platforms. So I do think that the terms could be easier to understand. I think intellectual property rights could be a lot more simplified and explained to the users on platforms. But uh, I don't think they would care, honestly. Ultimately, I, I don't think most people would care, especially the people where it matters the most. Like, I would care. I don't want people using my things without my permission. But that's kind of the whole facade of social media is that you want to be noticed. You want your things to be reposted. You want your things to be used. So I don't think that specific audience of people that the intellectual property is trying to reach is really going to matter because they want their stuff to be reposted and noticed. So they're going to be like, yeah, I know, like, that's fine. I don't care. Like, I think it's like, that's the point. Like, Yeah. Influencers want as many views as they can. So if you can, if someone else can repost them over and over, and then all of a sudden they're reaching out to millions and millions instead of their hundred thousand followers, they're going to want that and they don't care about the protection that it has because their pros for them for the copyright infringement part probably outweighs the cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of similar when we think about how we're aware that social media platforms are taking advantage of our privacy and our data. And we kind of just, for the most part, people don't really care. I think it's kind of the same way. People don't really care what copyright rights they have are being infringed or taken away from them just because it's so far removed from our reality. So actually, I might have a more hot take than the two of you where I think if people were to repost my content from social media, I wouldn't possibly care as much because I don't really think I post too many personal things or anything where I would actually be mad that I didn't get credit for. And so kind of with that idea in mind, I personally don't fully care about the copyright protections or infringements that could happen. And they're not totally influencing my decision to use the social media platforms. That being said, then, do you guys think it's a viable solution to just eliminate all copyright protections on social media in general and just allow for unrestricted downloading or embedding of content? I do think it would resolve a lot of ambiguity and uh, gray areas in terms of service because like we've reiterated throughout, a lot of these terms of services are really confusing and hard to read. People don't even read them anyway. So maybe we should just get rid of them all together because uh, they're going to use it anyways. They're going to keep using these apps and especially if they're not influencers or celebrities and just regular people, I really don't think they're going to care. I don't know if it's necessarily fair But then again, that kind of goes back to the idea that I don't think it's going to really have a profound effect on a lot of people. But I do think it's a viable option nonetheless, even though it's not fair. Because if you think about these social media giants don't care anyways. 
And I think it would resolve a lot of ambiguity to be very black and white. It's very just you sign up for this and you want to use it. You know, your things are going to be used and that's that. I totally agree with that. And I think it will really clear up a lot of ambiguities because like you just said, once you sign up for the app that you know that everything that you post can be used royalty free, can be licensed for and things of that nature, kind of what they're already doing and Instagram is already making you do now, but it's just more out there. I think the only problem that we would run into then would be the idea of someone posting a picture from an outside source that wasn't originally posted on Instagram. So like we're seeing in those celebrity cases with paparazzi, paparazzi isn't uploading their photographs to Instagram at first. So I think True. that's kind of where we would run into issues I with the policy the, like that. I think that. the main thing with terms of service is just to save Instagram. Like it's not even, it's not because they care about people's stuff being stolen. It's to save them themselves. Like it's right. very just like, we well, can't sue us. Like we did what we needed to do. Like we told you what you can and can't do. I think that's the only reason why all these big social media platforms would be very against resolving having the unrestricted downloading or embedding of content and things like that just to save themselves. They'd be like, oh, we're going to get in trouble for a lot of things. And it's like, I, I still don't think so. I still don't think they would. Right. I guess because going off of that, all of these then copyright infringements aren't happening with, you know, the celebrity versus Instagram or something of the like. So it's all being taken then off of Instagram and the posts are being deleted and, they're not really wrapped up into it as much to then be liable to maybe make the changes to the terms of service that need to be made. Right. So considering right now that these are the terms of service and we kind of just have to deal with it, Maggie, do you have any tips for our listeners on how to avoid copyright infringement if you were to post someone else's content? Yes, I do. So if you do care about wanting your copyright to not be infringed, um, I would receive permission from the author before posting and I would keep records of those permissions, whether that's screenshots or screen recordings, however you want to keep record. Um, merely giving credit to the author or the original user will not protect you. Again, you still need their permission to use their content. Um, another tip is using images from the public domain like stock images that have no copyright restrictions. Again, this is like if you're Googling images, things like that, look for stock images. Or if you want to use music, uh, use royalty-free music. Uh, pay attention to each social media's guidelines. Like we said earlier, if you're truly interested, you should go to the social media platform apps that you use, then click uh, through their terms of services and see what their copyright policies are. Pay for images that you want to use if you would like to use images from a private domain. Um, and also making your account private will not protect you from copyright infringement, which is important because I personally have my accounts private and I did not realize that still will not protect me from copyright infringement. So that's an important thing to keep in mind as well. And so with that, we want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Fire of Genius. You can follow us on Twitter at C-I-P-R-Mauer-I-P-T-H or reach out to us on our website at iptheory.indiana.edu. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in again next week.